Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama, right here in downtown Northport, just a couple of miles away from Brian Denny Stadium. This is the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home for your Alabama Crimson Tide. You can follow us on Facebook at Alabama Crimson Tide on Sports Illustrated. You can follow us on X at Bama Central and on Instagram at Bama Central SI. Of course, I am at Joe Gaither 6 for all your social media needs. Send us your comments questions, queries, and complaints, you can watch the show always right there on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or on Amazon. We'd appreciate anybody liking, rating, reviewing, sharing the show. Uh, we've had a fun show, fun show this week already. We've had a lot of fun on Christmas, hanging out with my cousin, talking college football playoff. Yesterday, we caught up with Katie Wendham, who's out in LA, and we caught up with uh, Anthony Broom as well uh, from the Wolverine. We're going to head back out to LA. We're going to have a fun show we're going to hear from three different reporters but we're going to kick it off with austin meek austin meek of the athletic is going to join us right off the bat he just heard from michigan's offensive players they met with the media earlier today and alabama's defensive players were came up right after them austin's been in la for a day a day or so how are you doing austin thank you so much for your time sir Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. Just got into L.A. yesterday uh, on the ground this morning talking to uh, Michigan players and uh, offensive coordinator Sharon Moore and uh, looking forward to the Rose Bowl. It should be should be a fun week here. Absolutely. And you can follow him on Twitter or X at by Austin Meek and make sure you subscribe to The Athletic for all his great work. Uh, let's kick it off with something that uh, Jesse Minter said yesterday. I'm sure you read about it as you're getting settled. Jesse Minter says Alex Orgy is replicating Jalen Milrow in practice. Uh, tell us about Alex Orgy. Uh, and then Sharon Moore kind of hinted at maybe there's a package, maybe there's not. He said, oh, you know, I can't answer that today in front of the media. Uh, what is the quality? How high, how, how, how good is the look? that Alex Orgy is going to give the Michigan defense preparing for Jalen Milrow, and then subsequently will we see a little bit of Alex Orgy on the offensive side of the ball in the Rose Bowl? Well, what we know about Alex Orgy is he's one of the best athletes on the Michigan team in their testing numbers. Uh, he consistently ranks near the top. Uh, just a really, really athletic quarterback. Uh, we've seen him in, in pockets. He came into the Ohio State game for a series uh, and broke off a big run. Uh, and I, I won't be surprised if Michigan uses him in that capacity in the Rose Bowl because he is a weapon. Uh, obviously, J.J. McCarthy's Michigan starting quarterback. There, there's no controversy or debate about that. But in terms of a player who could give Michigan a look to simulate Jalen Milrow, Alex Orgy is, is about as close as Michigan is going to get. Uh, Jesse Mentor said Michigan really hasn't faced a quarterback like J Jalen Milrow all season. Uh, and they they have a quarterback on their roster in, in Alex Orgy who at least can simulate some of the athletic uh, elements that Jalen Milrow brings, but obviously not as, not as uh, polished or re refined as Jalen Milrow is. Well, we'll see how good the look uh, prepares the Michigan defense on Monday at 4 o'clock right here on BamaCentral.com. You can look at it on ESPN and follow it on The Athletic as well with Austin Meek. Michigan is 0-2 in playoff games the last two seasons, third year in a row, losing to uh, – third, third year in a row in the playoffs, losing to Georgia and Cincinnati the last two seasons. What's different about this year's Michigan Wolverines team? Well, I think it's just a, a more experienced Michigan team. It's a team now that has been here – uh, this will be the third time in a row, as, as you mentioned. And really the core of this team has been together since that 2021 season when Michigan won the Big Ten for the first time and, and made the playoff. 
J.J. Uh, McCarthy is a second-year starting quarterback now, and, and we've seen him make the growth that you would expect from, from a second-year starting quarterback. Uh, and I think Michigan's defense is the best that it has been during this three-year run. If, if you look at statistically the way this defense really dominated the Big Ten, uh, th this defense is is really at all three levels. Uh, there's not there's not a weakness, and I think obviously that's going to be put to the test in a big way by by Alabama. Michigan in in the Big Ten doesn't face offenses like like this Alabama offense, so we'll have to see how Michigan's success on defense translates in this game. But at least on paper, this does look like the best defense that Michigan has had during this three year run. Yeah, and I want to. You're leading me right into where I want to ask you next about that defense, number two in the nation, only allowing 239 yards per game. But yesterday, the defensive players were up in front of the media, and a lot of them were asked about the Alabama offensive line being the biggest offensive line they faced, and they compared it to the Ohio State game. And so, I want to ask you, really, how do you think the defense will fare against the Alabama offense as a whole, but specifically the offensive line? They've only allowed 87 rushing yards per game, number five in the country in rushing yards uh, they've gotten the quarterback what for 32 sacks this year uh now they have had to get to the quarterback a ton because they're getting off the field a lot so that's probably why those numbers are uh, that number's a little muted but really this defense pops off the paper so how will they handle a bit more physical of a team than they probably face this this season yeah this, the size of alabama's offensive line is the first thing that stands out two tackles at, at 360 pounds it's just not something that michigan has seen this year in the Big Ten. Uh, and the speed at wide receiver, I think, is something that Michigan hasn't seen in the Big Ten. And and the running ability of Jalen Milrow. Michigan hasn't faced a, a running quarterback like this. So just a lot of things that Alabama is going to throw at Michigan that they haven't seen this year. Uh, I, I think if you look on a down-to-down -down basis, the way Michigan's defense has dominated this year, even, even if you adjust for the caliber of the competition, uh, this has been a, a really impressive uh, performance from this defense this year. Uh, but, you know, one of the things for Michigan is the last two years in the college football playoff, they came in with good defenses and, and those defenses got, got exposed by Georgia in 2021 and, and by TCU last year. So I think that there is a, a little bit of a chip on the shoulder for Michigan's defense to show that uh, their success is not just a product of playing in the Big Ten, where there's not a lot of dynamic offenses, but this really is one of the best defenses in the country. We're talking about Austin Meek of The Athletic. You can follow his coverage at by Austin Meek on the X slash Twitter machine. Austin, what in the world's going on with the iPads? Uh, we heard from Alabama yesterday that they stopped watching film on the iPads because of the Catapult app. Uh, it might be, it might be, might, might be what compromised. And then today, Roman Wilson says the same thing. We haven't been watching film on our iPads since November. What in the world is up with all this? Yeah, man, it's it's been a it's been quite a saga this year covering Crazy. covering Michigan and all, all you know everything has come out. This is just the latest chapter. Uh, look, we know that college football coaches uh, by by nature are paranoid, and there's probably you know and Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh are probably at the top of that list. You know, in terms of college football coaches who really want to manage every every detail and take every precaution. You know, probably with good reason. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a, you know, it's a paranoid sport, but there's also, you know, schools looking for every possible advantage they can, they can get. Uh, and, and when we talked to Sharon Moore today, he, he mentioned that there were some, some things that Michigan heard about late in the season in terms of the security of, 
of the catapult film system that made Michigan decide just to do all of their film study in the building, not to have players watching film on their iPads at home. Now, whether that's founded or just rumors or, or coaches being paranoid, I don't think, I don't think we know the answer to that. Uh, but what it boils down to is basically the fact that uh, these, these teams are going to take every precaution to make sure that they are protecting you know, their, their information as much as they can, especially in light of what's transpired this year with Michigan and the sign stealing allegations. Um, you know, it, it's, it's certainly an interesting sidebar to the, the whole week uh, and what's going on here. I'm not sure it's, it's really going to matter much uh, in the game, but it's, it's been something we've talked about all year long with Michigan. And I'm sure something we're going to continue to talk about as this develops. Austin, walk us through some of those conversations that you've been having. Obviously, as a member of the media, you try to say as objective, but I'll ask for your opinion on kind of what everything has – on how everything has transpired. You saw, you know, everything went along with the playoffs. Should that Michigan be in? Should they be out? Uh, you know, obviously, they won on the field, so the results speak for themselves. But you got different conversations and narratives and people from different corners of the country uh, with different opinions. So just kind of – Put us in Ann Arbor and what's what's really been what's it been like the last seven months of following the Mason Blue. It definitely felt like being in the in the eye of the storm, uh, and it's always that way to a degree with Michigan, especially with Jim Harbaugh being such a uh, you know such a polarizing figure in college football. There's usually always a controversy of some sort happening at Michigan, uh, but this year was was even a level above what we've seen in the past. Um, it, it really took on a life of its own there for about a month of the season after the, the news first came out about the, about the scouting and sign stealing investigation. And, um, it, you know, it, it faded into the background a little bit after Jim Harbaugh came back from that three game suspension that was handed down by the big 10, uh, after Michigan beat Ohio state. And I think in, in some ways answered the question of, how much of Michigan's success was was a result of whatever they were doing with with getting other team signs? Uh, the fact that that they went out and beat Ohio State for a third straight season, I think, quieted some of those questions. Uh, but it's still something that's in the background. Uh, it's it's really been the backdrop for the the last two months of Michigan's season, uh, and, and we still don't know where it's going to go. You know, there's there's I'm sure going to be more come out in the off season. But one thing about this Michigan team is they have they have done a really nice job of, uh, despite all the controversy and everything swirling around the program, continuing to, to stay focused on uh, what they need to do on the field and, and winning games and getting to uh, where they are right now, 13-0 and and the number one seed in the college football playoff. Absolutely. We're talking to Austin Meek of The Athletic. So tell us about Jim Harbaugh and that contract extension that I've heard or read about this kind of looming out there. If you sign this, you can't talk to the NFL. It's a big time extension. Uh, what's, what's the status of Jim Harbaugh's return? I will uh, it reveal to you, Austin, I'm a big Chicago Bears fan and a lot of my Bears fans' friends are hoping that Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan or is forced out of Michigan and comes to uh, comes to Soldier Field, comes to lead, comes to Hallis Hall. So what's the what's the future of Jim Harbaugh, or is that all just kind of no one knows? Yeah, it's you know this is uh, this is something that happens every year with Jim Harbaugh. Every year I've covered the team, uh, we've been through this. I, I think it's you know at this point for Michigan fans, it's just like an annual thing that you expect. You know, the month of January is uh, is Jim Harbaugh NFL watch, uh, and it's going to be that way again this year because 
Uh, the Rose Bowls now what three days away? Jim Harbaugh hasn't hasn't signed a contract extension. I, I didn't expect him to uh, in the time between the Big Ten championship and and the Rose Bowl because we know with Jim Harbaugh these things just never are simple. They never they never uh, come together quickly. It, it's always a long drawn out process. Jim Harbaugh wants to keep his options open. He wants to listen to uh, listen to any offers that come his way. Doesn't doesn't necessarily mean he's going to leave. But it does mean he's he's going to listen. Uh, I think Michigan certainly, despite everything that's happened off the field, uh, wants wants to keep Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor. Is going to do everything possible to keep Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor. And if they have to deal with fallout from the NCAA, I think Michigan's willing to do that because Jim Harbaugh has shown that he can win at the highest level here. Uh, whether there is an NFL team that's going to come in after the season and uh, ultimately persuade him to leave. I think that's certainly, you know, going to be the question of the off season uh, whenever that arrives. But, you know, Jim Harbaugh, I think, you know, this Michigan team really takes its cues from Jim Harbaugh in terms of his ability to compartmentalize and uh, focus on, on the team and the season during the season. Uh, and then as soon as the season ends, he's, he's going to, look at his options. He's done that every year. He said he's going to take his future year by year at Michigan and just going to have to see what the future holds for him. All right. So Austin, I've been watching a lot of Michigan on YouTube over the last two and a half weeks or so. And the big problem with YouTube is you don't get the whole game. You get these 20 minute, 30 minute clips ups of Michigan. But what I've seen is a very, very strong football team, strong running game, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, and then pretty quality receivers, Roman Wilson, pretty quality receivers. JJ McCarthy has impressed me more than I guess some of my counterparts and then a really aggressive athletic defense. So I see a really, I mean, obviously number one, uh, number, number one team on the, in the country for a reason so from someone who's seeing you know 70 percent of the picture or so what is an area of weakness where's an area that Alabama's going to try to maybe exploit on Monday that maybe Alabama's like okay we've seen obviously they've run over the Big Ten but we've seen some teams have some success do some of these things is there any areas of the Wolverines team that, that has any any semblance of cracking or weakness well, I think if you're looking for an area that Alabama can exploit, Michigan's offensive line has not been as dominant as the offensive lines we've seen the past two years at Michigan. And they lost their best player in, in Zach Zinner, who went down against Ohio State. So they've had to shuffle their lineup a bit. Michigan's offensive line has, has I think, been vulnerable on the edges. When they played Penn State, Penn State's pass rush, and Chop Robinson in particular, was really a problem for Michigan to the point that Michigan didn't even really try to throw the ball in the second half. Now they, they need to throw the ball because Penn state uh, was, was not going to score any points on them, right. uh, but they're going to have to throw the ball against Alabama. And I think one of the questions is, is JJ McCarthy going to have time to throw the ball down the field? Or is that Alabama pass rush with, with Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell going to, going to be in his face all day. Uh, Michigan's offensive line really is going to have to, I think, play its best game of the season. Uh, and I think if Alabama is looking for a way to, to attack, it, it's to get uh, to get pressure on J.J. McCarthy, uh, get in his face, rattle him, and try not to give him time to uh, to throw the ball down the field. Austin, what does bet mean? I've seen that throughout the season. What has been a big old Twitter thing. What does bet mean in Michigan lingo and Michigan circles? <laughs> <laughs> You're probably asking the wrong person for that. Okay. I, I think I'm uh, you know I'm just a little bit too old to really uh, grasp the lingo. Although Jim Arbaugh has has adopted it and he just turned sixty, so I, I guess 
you know, it's not just a young person's phrase, but uh, as I understand it, what it means is basically uh, uh, shorthand for taking in information and, and moving on from it. So the phrase uh, started to gain steam right after Jim Harbaugh got suspended. All the players were tweeting, tweeting the word. I, I think it was basically the player's way of saying like, okay, fine. We, this happened. We understand the situation. We're just going to move on from it. Um, and to their credit, that's, that's really what they did. You know, they went out and beat Penn state the next day after Jim Harbaugh was suspended. Uh, they beat Maryland, they beat Ohio state to finish the re regular season undefeated. So, um, you know, I guess it, it worked for him. I mean, that, that really, I think exemplified the mindset for Michigan after Jim Harbaugh's suspension. And I don't think every team could have dealt with that situation and, and not been distracted by it. But, but I do think this team overall did a good job of that. All right, so we're talking to Austin Meek of The Athletic. Tell us about this beef bowl from last night. Alabama's going to do the same thing tonight, so we're about going to hear from Austin Hannon, one of my one of my coworkers who's out there in a little bit. But what's 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 about to be on tap? What is this tradition that the Rose Bowl has, the beef bowl? <laughs> so I got in late last night. I, did, I have to admit, I did not go to the beef bowl last night. Okay. Uh, I've, I have um, I've heard about it. My understanding of it is, uh, it's basically what it sounds like. It, see, uh, see who can eat the uh, eat the most uh, prime rib or or steak or something of that nature. Uh, I did see some videos of uh, of I think Trevor Keegan, one of Michigan's offensive linemen, uh, wearing the chef's apron last night. So uh, it's really an offensive lineman's uh, paradise, as I understand it. Just just a lot of uh, a lot of meat. Uh, to be consumed, and uh, as as we know, offensive linemen love to eat. So uh, those guys will be in heaven tonight. You think? I uh, well, I wonder if the Alabama coaching staff, the Alabama nutrition staff, is going to be. Uh, hey guys, don't don't weigh yourself. To, I mean, games on Monday. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on now. Uh, or I mean, obviously yeah. these guys are operating their bodies at a much higher level than you or I. So uh, uh, it's going to move right through them. Yeah, they've got the they've got the metabolism of uh, of a young person, which I definitely don't have anymore. But uh, there's probably a reason they do it uh, early in the week as opposed to late, because yeah, you uh, you want to be in uh, prime prime shape for the game, but uh, they'll have time. They'll have time. Absolutely, Austin. What's an area or an aspect of this game that you have uh, you've studied or you thought of uh, that Alabama fans or you think maybe the national narrative, national media hasn't been talking about enough? Well, you know, I think that I think that Michigan, you know, the perception of what Michigan is um, definitely has been shaped by uh, what people have seen the last two years from from Michigan. And I think a lot of that carries over. But this this Michigan team is different from the last two Michigan teams in some ways. Um, Blake Corum really was was the heart and soul of Michigan last year, and he's still absolutely one of the one of the most important players in this game for Michigan, but we've seen a shift, I think for Michigan uh, to be more balanced. And, and they talked about that going into the season that they wanted to be more balanced. And I think a lot of us, myself included, kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, we'll, we'll believe that when we see it because this team had been so focused on its running game the, the past two years, but Michigan has been more balanced and there were games where they, they did put the ball in JJ McCarthy's hands uh, and let him go be a playmaker. And I think this is going to be another one of those games. I, I haven't seen Michigan's running game this year 
really show the the capacity to go out and and just dominate a game like this against a defense like Alabama's. Of course, Michigan's going to want to run the ball. Uh, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards are are going to get plenty of touches. But I I personally think that Michigan's best chance to win this game is to to put the ball in JJ McCarthy's hands and let him go be. You know, the player that he is, a, a guy who could be drafted in the first round, maybe the top half of the first round if he comes out. He he really is a, a special talent at quarterback. He just he doesn't always get a chance to show it because Michigan's philosophy on offense is not based around throwing the ball a lot. But they've they've been able to do that at times and they've been more balanced. And I think this is a game where where we're gonna have to see everything that JJ McCarthy can do because he really is a, a special quarterback. And J.J. McCarthy's connected with Roman Wilson a lot this year. Uh, do you think that Roman Wilson, I mean, he's got a huge task. Yesterday, our correspondent from the Wolverine.com talked about uh, talked about the uh, Loveland and Barner, the tight ends, having big games because of the corners for Alabama really neutralizing the wide receivers. But really, Roman Wilson's been a big-time playmaker. What, what, what do you see in Roman Wilson going up against uh, Terry and Arnold and Kuya McKinstry? Yeah, I think it's a huge matchup in this game. It's one that on paper definitely favors Alabama. Michigan's receiving core has been has been steady this season, and Roman Wilson in particular has had a really good year, especially in the in the touchdown production. Uh, he's really been the guy that JJ McCarthy has looked for in the end zone. Uh, but on paper, wide receiver is you know not not the strength of this Michigan offense, and and the secondary for Alabama is is absolutely loaded. So I think there is a lot on Roman Wilson's shoulders to be able to get open and, and be a playmaker in this game, similar to the way he was last year in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, that obviously was a disappointing game in a lot of ways for Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl last year, but but it was kind of a coming out party for Roman Wilson. He he made some huge plays in that game, and he's carried it over this year uh, to be really the, the biggest threat for Michigan from a receiving standpoint. So uh, between... Uh, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, Colston Loveland at tight end. Um, those guys have a huge challenge against this Alabama secondary, and, and they're going to have to rise to that challenge. Awesome. How you spend your next three days working, obviously, in, in L.A. and writing at The Athletic. You can subscribe to The Athletic in, anywhere that you can get the Internet and make sure you follow Austin at by Austin Meek. But how will you spend your next three days up until game day? So I'm getting ready to go out to practice right now. Michigan has a, a practice availability Tomorrow will be the media day where we get to talk to everybody, uh, everybody on both teams, which is my favorite day of, of the whole week because uh, it's a chance to talk to some people that we don't normally get to talk to on a day-to-day basis. And then from there, it's basically just uh, just counting down the hours until kickoff. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I'm really excited for this one. It's the second time I've gotten to cover a Rose Bowl. It, it's really a, uh, a scene unlike any other in college football, and, and I think this will be a really uh, – I think it will be a really – compelling game and uh, maybe the best game of bowl season just looking at it. I mean, I, I really expect this to be a to be a great game. Absolutely. We will send Katie Wyndham, Austin Hanna, and Blake Byler by uh, to hopefully say hello to you. They're out there for us at Bama Central. Austin, leave us with, uh, I guess, uh, I guess I'll pin you down if you if you don't mind, a uh, prediction or on the game as we get you out of here on your way to Rose Bowl practice for the Wolverines. You know, I if I had to say right now, uh, I, I think that I would pick Alabama in this game. Um, there's just, you know, there's a lot of history on, on Alabama's side in this game, whether it's Nick Saban's record in, in the college football playoff, uh, Michigan's record the last two years in the college football playoff, um, the, the talent on Alabama's roster 
that that Michigan doesn't have on paper. Um, I I think that Michigan has shown that some of those things uh, Michigan can overcome that. You know, Ohio State's been the more talented team the last three years, and Michigan's won that game three years in a row. So I I don't think that that tells the whole story. Uh, but I do think that this Alabama team is is you know the type of team that Michigan could really struggle with just because of the speed and uh, and the talent that Alabama is going to put on the field. So if I had to pick it right now, I'd probably pick Alabama, something like uh, say twenty eight twenty four. Um, but I do think it's I, I think it's going to be a you know a fourth quarter game. Um, I'll be surprised if if either team really runs away with this game. A fourth quarter game. That's a writer's nightmare. You and I guess it'll be Kennington Smith writing for the Athletic uh, on the Alabama side. So make sure you subscribe to by Austin Meek on on X or Twitter, and and make sure you subscribe to the Athletic for all their great work. Austin, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy practice today. Uh, I guess uh, make sure you have a what a well done steak and a, and a glass of milk for dinner. Is that the Jim Harbaugh stuff? <laughs> I don't know about well done, uh, and I don't know about the milk, but I might try to get a steak. So that, okay, right, have a you. great day. Thank you, sir. That's that's Austin Meek joining us from the Athletic to uh, give us some of the some of the perspective from Michigan, and I really really appreciate him joining us today. Uh, today. We heard from Anthony Broom yesterday from the Wolverine.com. Uh, a lot of fun getting a, a Wolverine perspective and hearing uh, from the other side of the coin. We'll see what else we can do for the rest of the weekend. Uh, we've reached out to more. Wolverine folks obviously we are going to have a show Saturday and Sunday we're going to have a show Saturday Sunday and we might have one Monday morning before the game we'll just have to kind of see how that goes uh really excited about this game uh we've reached out to a bunch of people uh, I know we're going to have Blake Byler over the weekend giving us some of his coverage uh we're going to combine that with the Alabama basketball game tomorrow Saturday CM Newton Classic we'll save you some of the CM Newton Classic conversation for post game with Blake Byler uh for right now we're going to head over to Cowbell Corner and find my friend Justice Sandal. Justice Sandal joins us uh cowbellcorner.com. I know Mississippi State, no bowl for them. Sad Christmas uh, for Mississippi State, but the basketball team is rolling. You can make sure you follow Justice Sandal at Cowbell Corner. They are a part of the Bama Central uh, Network, China Fan Nation Network, Cowbell Corner, and MizzouCentral.com. Justice, what's good, man? How was your Christmas? Good. It was good. Nice to see family. Very enjoyable. No bowl games for us, unfortunate, but that's always next year. How was your Christmas? Oh, it was great. It was great. So are you going to uh, be pulling for Penn State or Ole Miss in the Beach Bowl? Penn State. <laughs> uh, like, like, like true uh, Bulldogs they are. So uh, let, let's move into basketball, Mississippi State. We will get Austin Hannon's perspective on the Rose Bowl when we finish up with Justice, but we got to talk about the Bulldogs. 10-2, uh, four-game winning streak. Haven't really played a whole, whole lot of great teams, but played some good, some decent teams in, uh, what, Iowa State, I believe, and played uh, Rutgers. Is that what I saw as well? Uh, so 10-2. So, so you got one more game against Bethune-Cookman, uh, what, on Sunday, and then you jump into the SEC season with both feet. What's it going on with the, with the, with the uh, Mississippi State basketball team? Basketball, outside of those two losses that we've had, they were they were road games on different neutral sites. So I'm not going to really worry about that. Those are losses that we should have probably won, but not worried about that. Uh, we're looking really good, both men and women's. Looking very strong going into this season, and now we're, since we're about to play SEC competition, very excited. Uh, we're looking very men's wise defensively. I think believe metrically, we're a top twenty defense and a top ten uh, three point percentage uh, defensive team. 
Uh, we've improved our three-point percentage shooting. It's still not the best compared to what it is around the nation. Better than last season, we were one of the worst. But improvement is improvement. That's all we're looking for. And with Chris Johns, defense, defense, defense. And it's continued to prove that. And that's how we're continuing to look forward and going into SEC play. Number 29 in Ken Palm. So they're hanging out right on the edge of the top 25. Obviously, Ken Palm is not the be-all, end-all, uh, more of an analytics site. But, dude, You've seen this SEC schedule. First four games at South Carolina, okay, should be probably a win. Tennessee at home, ooh. Alabama at home, we don't really know what the Crimson Tide is going to do right now, playing up or down to the competition. And then on the road to Kentucky. So what's the uh, takeaway? Want to go, what, not one and three, two and two? Is that the goal, three and one? And you're not going four and oh, that's crazy. The goal can be 4-0, but realistically, 2-2. Two and two, I think we can get the Alabama game. They do have a high-scoring offense, but we also have a great defense. Tennessee is going to be really tough because of their offensive rebounding and their defensive rebounding. That's one of the weaknesses that we struggle in. But now that we're about to add uh, Tolu Smith back into the lineup soon, he started to practice again these uh, previous couple of weeks and likely will be playing. I don't think – that first game, but maybe that second or third game, he'll get integrated back in. Kentucky, they haven't been the powerhouse that they've been in most recent years, so we could probably steal a game from them. But a two and two is a very strong look. Three and one if we really just crack down and do everything we need to do. All right, so you just hit Tulo Smith. Uh, give us the update on the foot. I mean, you've been 10 and 2 without him. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a big boost to get him back. What's the uh, what's the latest on the big man from uh, from, from Mississippi State? He's looked good uh, practicing, and but nothing. We're not pushing him to where he's uncomfortable and not needing to do anything that he doesn't need to do. When it's time, we're going to implement him back into the lineup. But he's looked real good in practices so far and doing Tolu things. So that's the best that I can really give to you. All right, Josh Hubbard leading Mississippi State with fourteen point eight points per game, but what? Only two points against Rutgers. How do they get him back? How do we get him going back strong before uh, the SEC season kicks back, kicks off in a week or so? I think with that game, it was more of getting everybody else involved with Chris Johns. Everybody doesn't have to be the primary scorer. Josh Hubbard doesn't have to be the primary scorer, but in these SEC games, he likely will have to be that. I think just getting the ball in his hands early and allowing him just to be him. He's athletic. He's fast. He's quick and explosive. He's going to get to the rim. Even for his size, he's going to finish scored somehow. He's been that size for most of his life. So he's going, he knows how to score and he knows what to do to score. He's going to facilitate to get those balls to our playmakers. Uh, Jimmy Bell Jr. He's been playing fantastic in place of uh, Tolu Smith and, Adding him alongside that was going to be really big. Uh, Josh is going to continue to shoot the ball. I think we need to improve our three-point shooting, and I think that Josh consistently getting the hands, the ball in his hands is going to help with that. All right, so the last time that we talked, we talked about Jeff Levy and really his early part of his tenure. You talked about Chris Rump and, re and retaining, uh, retaining him on the coaching staff. What's been the latest on the football side of things? Do we have the entire staff in place? I know we've been moving in the transfer portal. We'll talk about that in a second. But what's the staff kind of look like? Jeff Levy pretty much set. I know he's got Coleman Hutzler coming from Alabama to be defensive coordinator. Levy's going to handle pretty much the offense himself. Everybody else is in place. What's the latest? Uh, just about everybody. Uh, we're putting the final touches on everything. I think we're more focused on the transfer portal now and trying to get our recruits coming in because everybody still has to play their bowl games with those other transfers coming out. Uh, Recruit-wise, we're looking really good. Uh, a couple of offensive tackles. A lot of offensive pieces is what's been coming in through the transfer portal and with our recruitment because of Jeff Levy and what he wants to do with our offense. So 
most of our staff is in place for what we need, but I think there are a few more pieces, like just the you know special teams and then specific uh, receiver groups and other specific groups is what we're looking at now. All right, so Mississippi State, no bowl game. We're all crying. You're watching Ole Miss go to the, go, go play in the Peach Bowl, but you're playing in the transfer portal. Kelly, I'm not going to say that last name, Akiaria. Uh, coming in from UTEP, Marlon Martinez, uh, offensive lineman from LSU. You got a lot of big transfers. We talked a little bit about Blake Sheppin the last time. What do you think about this tr- this transfer portal class? You get a tackle, uh, Michael Pounders from from Memphis. So, like, you work in the transfer portal. What do you see out of the transfer portal? Who are you excited about coming to Starkville? I'm excited about uh, the ta- not tackle, but the defensive lineman from Memphis because he had he was committed to Mississippi State then he went to Old Miss and now he ended up in Memphis now he's coming back I'm really excited about all the defensive pieces that we're about to get and, and our offensive pieces because our offense was a bit stagnant last year and it wasn't really what kept us in games and our defense did not keep us in games at all so it's good to see all those new pieces coming in I think I think we got a Juco running back our number one Juco running back I believe that we got. And I'm very excited for him because most of our old pieces that we've had from the Mike Leach era, they have transferred. Will Rogers is going to Washington. Uh, Woody Johnson is going to South Carolina. So all those major pieces that we've had, they're all leaving. So all the new pieces, I'm very excited about. Johnny Daniels, perhaps from Copia Lincoln Community College. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see what he ended up doing at 5'10", 200 pounds. All right, Justice, tell us about Cowboy Corner, what y'all been doing, what you're working on. How's the Christmas break? Did you open anything Bulldog related for for, for, for Christmas? No, nothing Bulldog related. Uh, Cowboy Corner wise, uh, we're all, since there's nothing really going on outside of basketball, we're working more on basketball stuff right now. We're getting prepared for the baseball season 50 days until our baseball season. We're very excited about baseball. It's going to bounce back. Not a good year last year, right? Uh, not a good year. It was 50-50. It was a nice average year. We could – our pitch – bad year in comparison to the national championship season before. Yeah, yeah. So, a little bit of a down year. We're looking to have a up year. Our pitching was our major issue last year, and we've hired new pitching coaches, and we're getting a lot of pitches from the portal and just signing. So, I'm very excited about that. Uh, Christmas-wise – uh, nothing incredible. Nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am getting a new cowbell though. I'm very excited about it. Okay. So tell us, uh, the, what's the tradition, the cowbell tradition, you get to Mississippi state and you paint your first cowbell. Tell us all about it. Put us in, put us in your shoes, justice. So you're supposed to buy a cowbell for somebody. You're not supposed to buy a cowbell for yourself where it's considered a curse or something like that. So I know when I first got there, my freshman year, me and my roommate, we shared cowbells. Like, or like, all right, you want this cowbell? You want this cowbell? All right, cool. Let's go ahead and get out of the way. Or you get a blank cowbell and you paint it yourself, gifted from somebody. You're supposed to get it gifted from either an MSU alumni or a student or a faculty from the place. That's what you're supposed to do. Other people go around other ways of doing that, but that is what you're supposed to do. Is that why Mississippi State hasn't had much success? Too many people are buying their own cowbells? That, that might be the main reason why, but you're cursing the, your own teams. But I don't know. Look, some people just don't know the tradition of everything that they need. They just show up, go to school, support their teams. They don't really understand out of state students. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Maybe a couple of people from Oxford that are coming in like, oh, didn't want to go to Ole Miss. Let's go to Mississippi State and just mess everything up, you know? 
All right, so look, you getting prepared for basketball. We, we just hit on the first four games of the SEC season. Look, from the Alabama perspective, we don't really know what the what Alabama's basketball team is going to be. Is the first has the non conference season gone better or worse than the, than the than the average state fan would have expected going into the year? Going into the year, I believe we expected to go undefeated. We lost to Georgia Tech and Southern. That Southern yeah, game. back to back games. Yeah, that Southern Georgia Tech. I can give you Georgia Tech. They they were hot. They got hot towards the end of the half. That's cool. That Southern game. That Southern game was very a very tough loss for us. Then again, they out-rebounded us. They out-hustled us. They did everything that they were supposed to do, and we just didn't show up to play. So outside of those two losses, everything else went according to plan. And it's uh, we expect big things out of the SEC play this year. We Maybe not an SEC champion. That's the question. Top four? Top four, top four finish in the league? Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Just constant improvement, top four. And if we get to that final four stage in the SEC championship and then get a couple of upset wins and get to the SEC championship – it's going to be big for us. So, uh, Justice, I'll see you in Nashville here then for, for the SEC tournament. Pretty uh, what in what two three months? That's the goal. If I'm able to, that's my plan. All right, you make sure you keep up with Chris uh, and keep up every, all the work at Cowbell Corner, and hopefully uh, it'll be a little Alabama Mississippi State. We'll see. We'll meet up in Nashville and, and watch the SEC tournament together. Uh, anything else in, in Starkville land on your on your plate? Nothing else. Uh, women's basketball, uh, men's basketball. Women's basketball, we're doing pretty good, too. I think it's 12-2 and two that we are. We're playing really well. Uh, lost two games that we were missing our two star players, so it's all right. We should be undefeated in both, but things happen. We look forward to the future. So, oh, Okay, so you didn't get to participate in bowl season, but are you team Mayo Bowl, Duke's Mayo Bowl, or Pop-Tart Bowl? Pop-Tart Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the way that they devoured him yesterday was hilarious. So it was it was very fun. It was very fun. All right. Well, you got to uh, maybe, maybe Jeff Lebby can get you guys back to back to bowl games, back to relevancy, and you can participate in a Pop Tart Bowl yourself one day. Justice, tell the people where they can follow you, how they can find you, and everything you're working on at Cowbell Corner. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Cowbell Corner. Just go down, click on my name, and you'll see everything that I do on Twitter, Justice underscore News 5, and that's where you'll find me there. And that's pretty much it. I appreciate you, Justice. Hope you have a great day, man. Thanks for your All time. Right. Thank you. You too. All right. So that's Justice Sandal from Cowbell Corner, and we're having a lot of fun here on the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central, BamaCentral.com. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube, uh, on Snapchat, on Twitter, really everywhere at Joe Gaither 6 on the social media machines. You can send me your comments, your questions, queries, and complaints. Everybody who's chimed in on the comment section already today, I appreciate you guys very, very much. Uh, you can, uh, I said, yeah, I already said that all the social media has. Handle. Of course, you can subscribe, rate, and review the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon each and every day. We're trying to put out shows. Well, each and every weekday, uh, we are going to do a little bit of extra work this weekend because it is Rose Bowl weekend. Uh, but it's Friday. We're having a lot of fun. What's going on with uh, what's going on with it with Kentucky and uh, Clemson? Are they in action yet? We're waiting on Austin Hannon to get it. Okay, yes, perfect. They are in action. Kentucky and Clemson. Wow, Kentucky, a one point. Oh, they're up by one with uh, six minutes left in the game. So there's your next SEC game. Uh, I know I had a lot of friends betting on Clemson. Uh, 
did I say Clemson the other day? I think I might have. Uh, what, two days ago when I was talking bowl games, uh, I believe that I took Clemson, maybe so. But I am taking Missouri tonight. I'm taking Missouri uh, in, in the Cotton Bowl in the in the next SEC game. Uh, if you're keeping up with bowl games, uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, I guess that's your next uh, food-related bowl. I'd love a Tony the Tiger Frosted Flakes. The Sun Bowl, Notre Dame is up 7-0 to on Oregon State as that game is getting closer and closer to – halftime. So we're going to hear from Austin Hannon uh, from, from BamaCentral.com. Austin was out there. Uh, he's been out there for the for, for the whole week. He was out at Disneyland. He was at the defensive availability yesterday, uh, uh, excuse me, offensive yesterday and defensive today for the Crimson Tide. I'm really looking forward to hearing what he thought of, of Kevin Steele, what he thought about Kevin Steele and his comments about Tommy Reese and his comments about the Michigan offense. Uh, look, I think this this game is going to be a lot of fun. Well, you heard from Austin Meek of The Athletic earlier, uh, and he picked, what, 28-24 Alabama. I think that's about right. I I know I compared it to kind of the Arkansas game earlier. It's not going to be the Arkansas game as far as Michigan's talent, no. But I think as far as kind of the stuffy nature of the game, where Arkansas sacked Jalen Milrow, what, four or five times in that game. Jalen Milrow was able to get a couple of big plays in that game. Now, Arkansas was able to benefit off of a couple of big plays as well. But largely, the game was pretty stuffy throughout the entire game. And so I I think it's going to look like that on Monday afternoon uh, over in the Rose Bowl. Now, you're going to be able to follow Blake Byler, Austin Hannon, and Katie Wyndham for us at, at Bama Central. They're going to let you know everything that they see in Pasadena, uh, pregame, during game, post game, all over it at BamaCentral.com. And it's going to be quite a scene. Uh, let's just uh, hit on one just sidebar. I, I saw on social media right on, on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, when the players flew into California, they were all handed roses they're all handed roses getting off the plane or going into the hotel and several of the Alabama players are sticking roses in their mouth and you've got stinking gumps on Twitter on Facebook saying oh look at them so look at them bringing attention to themselves I'm sorry I'm sorry they're not bringing attention to themselves they're not showboating they're literally getting handed roses into their hand and it's kind of traditional part of the Rose Bowl, and really the Orange Bowl as well. You you take the orange, you put it in your mouth, you make the big old uh, monkey face with the orange. Come on. Let's, let's have a little fun. Let's not be so serious uh, with our pre-bowl coverage. So uh, we, we had a lot of fun hearing from Austin Meek uh, from The Athletic earlier, to, earlier in the program. We encourage you to go back and listen to that if you want to check out any of the Michigan, Michigan conversation. We heard from Justice Sandal from Cowbell Corner talking about Mississippi State basketball. Those guys are already – it's not football season for them anymore, so you know we we, we we give them a little bit of our time and attention. But now it's time to head back out to California. We're going back to our colleague, bringing in the football expert that is Austin Hannon from Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. Make sure you follow him at Austin Hannon underscore. We want to know how much beef Austin Hannon thinks he can eat at tonight's Beef Bowl. I don't know. I guess we're gonna we're gonna find. Out. Uh, I think there's gonna be a couple little bit of eating competitions going on with some players, um, stuff like that. And uh, I think me and Blake Byler might end up at the basketball game tonight. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see what what I get on my plate my plate in front of me tonight at the Beef Bowl. Um, and, and as always, free food is the best food. So absolutely, you look great. How are you, man? How's the week? It's going great. It's going good. Um, you know, I had a, a friend in town last night. We went out and. Um, 
walked around the town a little bit, and then it's been good to uh, to talk to the players and see the players again. It feels like it's been forever since the game in Atlanta uh, when they beat Georgia. So it's it's been good. I mean, it, it's bowl week, so it, it kind of feels like it carries on for a while. Um, it, it's not the traditional of just, you know, it's a couple days, and then, you know, Saturday comes around, it's game time. Uh, we're here all week, and then, you know, it seems like it's a huge buildup to the game um, on Monday, and it, it should be a good one. Oh, man, we're really, really excited about it. Monday at 4 p.m., you're going to be able to follow it all the way, all all angles, alabamacentral.com. The, the guys will have live updates up there probably noon or so, get, 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 getting everything ready uh, for the Rose Bowl. Austin, this is your first time at the Rose Bowl, correct? It is. It oh, is. my gosh, I'm so jealous. I just want you, when the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter, look over the mountains and just take it in for a second, man. I can't, I'm can't. i very, very jealous. What do you think is going to be the storyline of this game? I mean, Michigan, number one team in the country. We heard from uh, Austin Meek, a fellow Austin, talking about the strengths of Michigan, but also highlighting the lack thereof, a lack of competition throughout the season. So how is that going to play into this week, this week's Rose Bowl, and really what will be the storyline of this of this college football playoff semifinal? Yeah, I think I mean you you kind of hit it right there. I mean Michigan's kind of it's not necessarily easy, um, and 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 they kind of been talking about this week, and it's not easy to go undefeated. It's not easy to be thirteen and zero, um, and I don't think really anybody believes that. I mean it's still a schedule that they have to play. Um, but it seems like Alabama's just been through the, the ringer a little bit more. And in a game like this, you know, how much does that make an impact uh, that Alabama's been in situations like they were in Auburn, you know, like they were in College Station, like like they were against Texas when they actually lost the game. They've been through some stuff like that. Um, and I, I think in games like this, it's more – it's important to have – to be battle-tested like that. And uh, Michigan, obviously, they had a little bit of a battle with Ohio State. Uh, but other than that, it, it's kind of been smooth sailing for most of the season, including in their big, the Big Ten championship game. And I don't even mention the Georgia game. I mean, that's another notch on the belt that Alabama's had to go through this season. So um, I, I think it's a quarterback game, which aren't they all in football? But uh, with the defenses as good as they are, I, I think teams are going to struggle to run the ball. Um, and I think it's going to kind of be a game where J.J. McCarthy, if he can make enough plays for Michigan or if Jalen Milrow can make enough plays for Alabama, uh, that team's got a pretty good chance to win the game. So. Uh, with Vegas saying that the line's about one and a half, two the whole way, I mean, they expect this game to kind of go down to the wire. So, um, but it, it doesn't, it, it feels weird because Alabama fans feel so confident. And I, I've kind of laughed at some comments I've seen of people like, why, like, why am I so, why do I feel so confident in a game that they're underdogs in? Uh, but I think a, a lot of the fan base feels that way. And it's, it kind of is because I think we've seen Michigan the last three years in the playoff um, just really struggle on this big stage. They've obviously been able to get over that Ohio State hump. Uh, but they're still trying to kind of get over the next one and, and, and make a national championship. So um, there's a lot on the line. I, I think Josh Pate said it really well, that it, it's not every day that you go into an Alabama game and it seems like they're the team with less pressure. Uh, but it kind of feels that way, right? I mean, just the way the season's gone and, you know, everybody counted them out and then the whole length stuff, and now here they are. Whereas Michigan, it, it's been, like I said, they, they've got to answer the bell, uh, the national bell with people expecting them to make a national championship and win a national championship. Um, and if Jim Harbaugh falls short again, I mean, I, I think it's it's going to be a little bit more toxic over there than if Alabama comes up short. Well, let's spend a second looking at each of those quarterbacks. Jalen Milrow obviously finished sixth in the Heisman Trophy uh, voting, but yesterday made a little news saying uh, that his own offensive coordinator, former offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, encouraged him to change positions, and he wasn't alone. There was a lot of Jalen Milrow should just play running back over the last year and change from a lot of the Alabama contention. Austin, 
kind of retrospect, 20,000 feet up. You've taken you've seen Jalen Milrow go from backup quarterback to you know, in a quarterback competition to now starter and now unquestioned leader of this offense. <laughs> Just kind of the progression. And you talk about Alabama fans not feeling nervous in this game. Almost the unspoken trust that, 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 that Jalen Milrow has garnered from the fan base, from the coaching staff, and, from the, and program-wide. Oh, I think he's frozen. He's frozen. And that's all right. Uh, but I but I do think that Jalen Milrow has garnered lots of trust, and it's very interesting to me. Uh, I think he's frozen. I don't know if he's going to come back. We're going to remove and add him back. No, I think he's going to be gone. Uh, looks like we are going to remove him from the studio, and we'll see if he'll come back. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he'll come back here in just a second to 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 add. Uh, let's see. Jump back in. And you have some time. Perfect. All right. So, yeah, I do think that Jalen Murrow has uh, really – you went from, oh, my gosh, we don't know this guy. We don't trust this guy the first and second week of the season, especially against Texas. He throws those two interceptions. To now where you are, I think you could you trust Jalen Milrow pretty explicitly against most defenses. He's thrown he, – he, he's shown a propensity to protect the football, uh, not throw it into too many dangerous situations. Yes, he's trusted Amari Nyblak over the middle a couple of different times through the year – it's like, oh, that's a couple of guys, and he's thrown it to Jermaine Burton a couple of different times. But you've got to give your playmakers uh, opportunities to make plays down the field. But I really do think that Jalen Milrow has garnered and earned the trust of his teammates and earned the trust of his of his coaching staff so that, you know, early in the year, and we're welcoming Austin right back here, but earlier in the year, Austin, you, didn't, you had that, what do we have at quarterback? We don't know. We want to protect him with the game plan. To now, he's almost – Oh, we trust him. He's not going to put the ball into too many dangerous positions, and he's leading us through the through the season and leading us offensively. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy the story he's under is undergone this year. And I think uh, you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. And so you know with the Bill O'Brien stuff, it's it's not let's not act like some of the fan base didn't think the similar things right early in his career. Um, you know, and I, I've I'm never I'm never the one to not admit that I, I had questions about Milrow at the beginning of the season as well, and and how he would fit. Um, into the scheme that they were going to kind of try to evolve around him and, and how it worked. And it's kind of been a beautiful story, just the way that it seems like Tommy Reese, Jalen Milrow, everybody on this team has gone from week one to now. It, it's been a steady progression. It's not been, you know, hills and valleys. And sometimes they look great. Sometimes they don't. It's been a steady, positive progression. And so I was I mean, I was telling people last night, he's going to come back and play next year. And he's going to be a very interesting player on NFL draft boards because you think about what he's got, right? He's got, he's a big player. He's got an incredible range with the football. He can throw it down the field. He's very athletic. And so NFL guys have got to be, you know, enjoying watching him playing. And he's going to be in the, I mean, everybody's going to be watching him next year. And if he could continue to do what he's done this year and just add a whole other year onto it, there's no reason that he can't win the Heisman Trophy. I don't think there's a reason he can't be a first round draft pick next year. Uh, because the future is so bright for him. And I, I, I'm very happy to see him do it because he seems like such a good kid. And um, I, I know he's really focused on this game, but from where he's come to where he is now, um, he, he's it's, it's been a great story. And it's been a great to kind of watch it unfold in front of my eyes all season long. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I think win or lose on Monday – 
it really should be some a story that should be appreciated from this 2023 college football season. Let me ask you about the defensive line, the defensive front for Alabama, because you guys spent some time with the defensive players, and you can read about that on BamaCentral.com. You spent some time with the defensive players today and Kevin Steele. Uh, our, our friend Austin Meek from The Athletic basically said the weakest point of the Michigan team is the offensive line. Said that against Penn State, the, uh, the, the their, their defensive front got after J.J. McCarthy pretty good and obviously got them out of their game plan. They started running the football uh, to basically mitigate the pass rush. Uh, how much pressure is on J Dallas Turner, Justin Boigby, is on the Chris Braswells of the world, but also kind of how impressed are you with that unit compared to, you know, you will just look at it on paper. You lose the number three overall draft pick, Will Anderson. Of course, that's that unit should take a step back, but it seems like collectively as a group, maybe not individually, I guess Dallas would would would, would, would challenge for that as SEC Defensive Player of the Year, but collectively as a group, I think that unit has gotten a lot better in 2023. They have. I think it, it's all started with coaching, and so – um, I think that's from top to bottom. I think that goes with Nick Saban making the hires he did, going out of his way, getting Kevin Steele. Remember the reaction. I mean, it, it seems like this whole season has just been one big, like, nobody believed. And that's why this whole, like, the length thing started. They hired Kevin Steele. They hired Tommy Reese. The fans trashed both of those hires. And now here we are on big January time. 1st. And it's like, those might be the two best coordinators in the SEC in the country. So, like, how did it get from that point to this point? Um, it, it starts with coaching. I, I think they have a lot of talent, obviously. We, we've seen Dallas Turner play for three years now. Uh, I think we already kind of knew the kind of player he was, um, especially as a true freshman when he was got in the game, you know, in the middle of the season with injuries. Um, so he was never a surprise. I think Chris Braswell was a great surprise for a lot of fans. Um, he was always a guy that was, once again, just kind of there waiting his turn. You didn't really know what you had in him. And then once you get him in there, it's like, oh, this guy's he's right up there with Dallas Turner. I mean, he's just as good. Um, and so on, on your first question, the pressure stuff, it's got to start with stopping them, though. And uh, because it, it, Michigan's a team that if you're if they're running the ball well, they don't feel like they have to, like, start throwing the ball. They will just keep running it until it doesn't work anymore. Um, and so if you can initially stop the run and put them in passing situations, that's when you can maybe try to start blitzing on the outside and get on, um, on that offensive line. So um, it's going to start with up front of the run. And I, I think it was a good question this morning. Somebody kind of asked Kevin Steele, you know, what, what went wrong with the run defense in Auburn, uh, you know, after Thanksgiving, like why, how did it, how did that happen? You know, it's been two years in a row now that Auburn's done that. And he kind of said they, they gave different looks than what they saw on tape um, in the first half. And then when they were, when they were able to get into the locker room, they were kind of able to adjustments and the defense did look a pretty good, you know, a bit better in the second half um, when Alabama was able to, you know, miraculously win that game at the end. Uh, but yeah, it starts, it starts with stopping the run. Cause if you could stop the run and put Michigan in passing situations, that's when they, they have to open themselves up to getting sacks and stuff like that. So, um, it's going to start with Blake Corum. It's going to start up front, which, you know, like I said, that, that's just about every football game. Awesome. Tomorrow is media day, and we heard from Katie Wyndham yesterday on our program, and she talked about a couple of people that she is looking forward to hearing from. Who are you looking forward to going to talk to? The whole the whole room's going to be open. Everybody on the roster is going to have a seat. You get to go talk to anybody. Who's it going to be? Who, who's going to be the first couple of players that you want to go up to? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think there's a few obvious ones because you know obviously there's no access to true freshmen. So the first people that come to mind is Caleb Downs. I'm sure he'll have a crowd. Um, Caden Proctor and his improvement at left tackle this year as a true freshman. I'm sure he'll have a crowd. And I, I believe all the coaching staff is available too. And so I did a story today on Travis Robinson. And, you know, I'd really like to talk to him tomorrow and see, you know, just kind of 
learn a little bit of his personality because he seems like he's a guy that's really transforming, um, you know, and helping transform that defense back to what we kind of saw in the old days. Uh, and and we heard it from, you know, Kevin Steele and the players this morning that they kind of feel like he's got a chance to be a head coach in his future um, just because of his communication skills and his ability to relate with the players um, being the young guy he is. So, you know, I, I think Caleb Downs will be a big one. Everybody's going to want to always talk to, you know, the Jermaine Burtons and the Will Rikers, and I'm sure Milrow will still have a big crowd, even though we talked to him earlier in the week. Uh, but well, it, it should be fun. It, it should be fun. I think it's in the uh, I think it's in the parking lot outside the Rose Bowl Stadium. So we'll get our first look um, at the playing surface for for Monday's game. And uh, yeah, it, it's it just seems like it should be here by now, right? It's only Friday still. Uh, it seems like we've been here for a while now already, and it's I, I think everybody here is just kind of ready to get the ball kicked off, and I think that goes for players and media. All right, so you're going to, to uh, you said ball game tonight, Lakers or Clippers? It's Clippers. So Lakers were last night. Uh, the tickets were way expensive. Uh, so so I think me and Blake are going to go tonight instead. Okay, great. Who do the Clippers have? They're playing the Grizzlies. Okay, great. A little Memphis action. That'll be that'll be fun. Hopefully, y'all can get some nice cheap tickets and get into Staples Center. Uh, what else have you been doing around uh, around LA? Any any uh, any updates the Bama Central family needs to know about? Yeah, so we uh, we've actually kind of touched all the little parts of the city. Uh, we're obviously staying in downtown. The game will be in Pasadena. Uh, the practice was in Carson. We flew into Inglewood at LAX. So <laughs> it, we're kind of we're kind of touching all of the parts of the city and. Um, it's it's my first time here, so it's it's been a little bit of um, an experience, kind of uh, walking around and, and and seeing what the city has to offer. But um, it's it's a little different. It's not exactly what I expected. Um, it's not like it's not the skyline of a New York City, but it, it's still it's a huge city and it's it's really pretty because there's it's got other elements to it. I mean, you got the mountains in the background, and uh, it's a little bit like a desert too. There's not a lot of grass here. Uh, so, so being a person that lives in Alabama, not seeing a lot of grass and trees is uh, not something that I'm used to. So, uh, but it's been fun and it's been great to work alongside, of course, Katie and Blake, who are doing a great job. Absolutely. Well, you have been reporting on injuries throughout the season, and yesterday, Jason McClellan basically reported himself or kind of confirmed that he's going to be under 100 available for the game. Uh, let's just get you out of here on two questions. I'm going to go back to back, and you can just get take it away. One. The most underrated or most kind of – if you had to pick a guy not named Jalen Milrow, this player is going to be the X-factor offensively. We've seen games where Amari Nyblak's been that guy. We've seen games where McClellan's been that guy. We've seen games where Bond or Burton has been that guy. Who would be the Austin Hannon pick for this guy is going to be the guy? And then lastly, uh, we'll get you out of here on your final on your thoughts for the game on Monday. Yeah, it's – I, like I said before, I, I think Alabama's going to struggle to run the ball. It, it'll be good to have Jace back, uh, but this game's going to be probably one in the passing game, and I, I think that's where Jermaine Burton and Isaiah Bond come into play. Um, we, we've seen both players kind of take over games this year. Bond obviously had a great game against Georgia. He had the game-winning catch against Auburn. We saw Burton really take over the game in College Station. Um, so if those guys are on their you know 100% game, it, it's going to create a lot of things for Alabama. And, and of course – if you're able to throw the ball, that also opens up your ability to run the ball. So um, it, it's going to be really important for them to be able to pass the football. I, I think that's where you can beat Michigan. Um, they're really strong up front. They've got a really good set of linebackers, of course. Junior Colson actually went to my high school. Um, he'll be at middle linebacker for Michigan on Monday. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be tough sledding up front. But if, if, if they can start airing it out and, and creating some big plays and um, not even just big plays, but it's about moving the chains too against a team like this. It's it's you can't get everything at once against a great defense. 
I think they've got the number one total defense in the country. So um, if Melrose is able to throw the ball around, if he can get the ball to Burton and Bond, I like the two Bs as my two key players. We like the two Bs. Austin Hannon's going to be covering the Rose Bowl and Alabama the next couple of days. You're going to be following him at Austin Hannon underscore Big Beef Bowl tonight. He's going to have a lot of great footage on his Twitter machine before he gets to the Clippers game. Austin, man, hopefully <laughs> we might catch up again before the game time, but uh, if we don't, great to have you. Thanks for being here. Absolutely, Joe. No problem. That's Austin Hannon joining us. Please follow him. He does all the legwork for BamaCentral.com, uh, covering all things football for us. Follow him at Austin Hannon underscore. And that's going to pretty much put us at an hour. We talked to Austin Meek of The Athletic. We talked to Austin Hannon of BamaCentral.com. And we talked to Justice Sandal of Calvale Corner. A lot of Rose Bowl conversation, lots of Alabama-Michigan. It does feel like the game should be tomorrow, but it's not. We'll continue the conversation tomorrow, uh, really, and hopefully on Sunday as well. We're going to have a discussion with Blake Byler about the Alabama basketball game against Liberty and more coverage on the Rose Bowl coming up over the weekend. We will cover Alabama's basketball game against Liberty for BamaCentral.com. You can follow me at BamaCentral.com at JoeGator6. For all that coverage, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, basketball stuff and Liberty and more Rose Bowl right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral and BamaCentral.com.